Good morning. Good to see you all here this morning. It is unusual to be 57 degrees on December 13th, but I am thankful that it is 57 degrees on December 13th uh, as we continue to gather out here for worship. Uh, it is just so glad to see all of you here this morning. Uh, we are always glad to see every, uh, all the faces, uh, even if it is from the nose up. Uh, we're glad to see everybody here. Uh, announcements, things that are going on today at 2 o'clock, we have a trustees meeting. Um, so uh, you should have got a text from Michael uh, letting you know about that, so <clears throat> be aware of that. Advent study, we're going to uh, be in the third chapter, the third one, uh, today at 4, uh, and also we'll have it, uh, I'll be online at 6 on Zoom for anybody that wants to jump on there. Uh, for our Christmas uh, reading, our Christmas program reading that we're doing, Reader's Theater, um, Jana would like to practice next Saturday at 4 o'clock. Um, it's just a read-through, just so you kind of know what's going on. Um, she's been handing out scripts this morning. Um, so, uh, and we'll try to remember to send out a message to all those that are participating in that, just as a reminder. So, and we'll have that program the next, that next Sunday on the 20th, so next Sunday at 6.30. Uh, we'll do the Reader's Theater out here, so be aware of that uh, for those who want to come and hear a story about Christmas. Uh, and then our candlelight service is going to be December 23rd at 6 p.m. Uh, we'll be out here for that again. Um, so I don't know what the temperature is going to be like, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we need to do and stay warm as we gather to celebrate the season uh, that we're in right now. December 27th, <clears throat> which is a couple of Sundays from now, we're going to go to online only. Uh, part of that is because Christmas is later that week, and this will give everybody a chance um, to, to take a break uh, and be able to celebrate with family and not have to worry as much about spreading germs. Uh, but it's also, I'm going to take a break. Uh, it's been a busy 10 and a half months uh, with everything that's been going on. So we're going to spend a little more time with my family um, and Jana's family as we uh, take a little bit extended weekend that weekend. But we will have something online. Uh, that will, it will go up. I will be recording it, so it will go up on Sunday morning. Uh, and then I'm also going to put out just a little small devotional for Christmas Eve that will also be online uh, on our YouTube page. So there will just be a little Christmas reading uh, on Christmas morning that you can watch if you would like to. Um, that's all the announcements that I have. Are there any others this morning? All right, well, seeing no others, let us begin our time with prayer this morning. So let us pray. Spirit of God, we give you thanks for drawing near, for touching the world in the Savior's birth. Help us draw near to you as we prepare our hearts and our world for the justice and peace you bring. Guide our preparations for Christmas as we share the good news with those who suffer and as we offer our friendship to those who are alone. Move within our hearts as we make a way for your coming by forgiving others as we have been forgiven. Come, Spirit of God, be born anew that we may live in your mercy and your grace. Amen. 
Our song of preparation this morning uh, is going to be Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Uh, and Lisa has graciously agreed to sing this one for us this morning. Uh, so hear now our song of preparation. for that. Try to limit some of our feedback this morning. As we continue uh, this morning, uh, we come to our time now that we lift up our joys and our concerns. Um, as we uh, gather as a body, I will be sending that list out uh, this afternoon. I did not get to that this morning. I apologize. Uh, but we do have a couple people that we need to make sure we uh, remember, uh, and that's the loyal, 
Lowell, I can't say it this morning, Lowell Russell family, um, in his passing. <clears throat> also, Archie Smith was put on the prayer list the past couple of weeks. Uh, so please remember uh, those two names and add them to your list. Uh, and like I said, that list will be coming out with those names on it uh, this evening or this afternoon. Are there any others to add to it this morning? And I'll try to remember to add these before I send that out, so we'll, we'll have those too. Any others? Ronald Harris. Any others? All right. Well, this morning our prayer of, prayers of the people come from uh, Father Rick Morley. Um, and this comes off his website from his archives from several years ago. Um, so let us take our prayers to the Lord this morning. Let us pray. In the hushed anticipation of your coming, O Lord, kindle in us the desire to remain awake, that we might be ready for your coming and eager to pray. O oh God, in days to come, the mountain of your house will be established and your joy shall reign. We pray for the church, that you might teach us your ways and that, you, that we might walk in your paths. Come, Lord Jesus, and hear our prayer. Out of Zion shall go forth instruction and you, O God, shall judge between the nations. We pray for our nation and all nations that your peace would be manifest in every corner of the earth. Come, Lord Jesus, and hear our prayer. In your kingdom, O Lord, wolves lie down with lambs and children play with serpents without fear. We pray for the sick, the suffering, and those in distress of any kind, that you would heal all injuries, comfort all grief, and settle all wrongs. Come, Lord Jesus, and hear our prayer. In your kingdom, O Lord, even the wilderness and dry land are glad and rejoice. We pray for those who rejoice this week as they celebrate that they might obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing might flee away. Come, Lord Jesus, and hear our prayer. In the fullness of time, O God, you sent your Son to be born of our sister Mary, and his name was Emmanuel. God with us. We thank you for your presence with us, and we pray that you might be always present with those whom we love but see no longer. Come, Lord Jesus, and hear our prayer. Come among us, O God, and hear our prayers, so that when your Son Jesus comes among us with great might and in a manger mild, 
we might recognize his face and his voice and come to adore him. We pray these things in Jesus' name, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we are in week three of Advent, our Old Testament lesson this morning that goes along with the sermon and the lighting of our third candle, the candle of joy this morning is Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 4, and then 8 through 11. This is joyful proclamations. The Lord God's Spirit is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me, he has sent me to bring good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim release for captives and liberation for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and a day of vindication for our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for Zion's mourners, to give them a crown in place of ashes, oil of joy in place of mourning, a mantle of praise in place of discouragement. They will be called oaks of righteousness, planted by the Lord to glorify himself. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore formerly deserted places. They will renew ruined cities, places deserted in generations past. I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and dishonesty. I will faithfully give them their wage and make with them an enduring covenant. Their offspring will be known among the nations and their descendants among the peoples. All who see them will recognize that they are the people blessed by the Lord. I surely rejoice in the Lord. My heart is joyful because of my God, because he has clothed me with clothes of victory, wrapped me in a robe of righteousness like a bridegroom in a priestly crown, and like a bride adorned in jewelry. As the earth puts out its growth and as a garden grows its seeds, so the Lord God will grow righteousness and praise before all nations. We want everything to look nice. The decorations of the season, our homes with their lights and tinsel, wreaths and ribbons. We want to lighten the darkness around us, bring beauty to the ugliness that wears us down. We decorate because it's a tradition, because it lifts our hearts, because it makes us feel like children again. We deck our halls because company is coming. The prophet Isaiah smiled when he said, God will give you a garland instead of ashes 
the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a mantle of praise instead of a faint, a faint spirit. No matter how far we feel from the spirit of the season, God promises to decorate us with love and with joy. So we would light these candles this morning as a sign of our joy in the beautiful things of this season. Not just the things that glitter and flash, but the deeper things, the beauty of the heart and the soul, the beauty of love shared in service and hospitality. So we light the candle of joy because company is coming. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Excuse me. Company is coming is the theme that we've been going on through for this Advent season. Before we get to the sermon this morning, we are thankful for all the gifts and offerings that have been given. Uh, and we continually praise each and every gift that is given. So let me offer this prayer this morning over our offerings and tithes. Let us pray. Generous God, your love renews us and restores our strength. With gratitude, we offer you a portion of what you have given to us. Receive our gifts, our prayers, and our service, that your church may become a source of hope for the world. Amen. Our other text this morning comes from the Gospel according to John. We're in John chapter 1. We'll be reading verses 6 through 8 and then 19 through 28. Hear now the word according to John. A man named John was sent from God. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him everyone would believe in the light. He himself was not the light, but his mission was to testify concerning the light. This is John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, Who are you? John confessed. He didn't deny, but confessed, I'm, I am not the Christ. They asked him, Then who are you? Are you Elijah? John said, I'm not. Are you a prophet? John answered, No. They asked, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John replied, I am a voice crying out in the wilderness. Make the Lord's path straight, just as the prophet Isaiah said. Those sent out by the Pharisees asked, Who do you baptize if you aren't the, Why do you baptize if you aren't the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered, I baptize with water. Someone greater stands among you whom you don't recognize. He comes after me, but I am not worthy to untie his sandal straps. This encounter took place across the Jordan in Bethany, where John was baptizing. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. 
Lord God, as we have gathered once again this morning, both in person and online, we are so grateful that your message can be heard. This morning, Lord, may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So like I said, companies coming. And again, Advent sits in this nexus between past and future. The origin of the season is to remind us that we are heading somewhere, that we are waiting for something that is not yet here. And we have found so far that there's a mess and that we have been invited to clean it up. So what's next? We decorate. Decorations. Once we've identified the mess and cleaned it up, we begin to decorate. We've got to make the place look good or look great for those who are coming. We want our welcome to be beautiful and our hospitality to be breathtaking. So where do we start? What do we include And what does it matter? Why do we decorate our homes and our sanctuaries? It could be argued that it is to show off or to make us happy, to feel good about where we live and where we worship, which is not untrue. But the real impetus for decoration is invitational. How do we include others? How do we draw them in at least part of the answer is being our best selves if we listen to john that means that we are constantly pointing beyond ourselves we are not claiming to be more than we are but we are honestly revealing our brokenness even as we invite other broken people to come And meet the one who can heal us and make us whole. Things are tough out there. Every day it seems we read of another company going out of business, another uh, another spate of layoffs, another sign of shutdowns that are hurting local businesses. Another front page full of disheartening news or news program where we hear of something else happening. Desperate times seem to call for desperate measures. And Isaiah, Isaiah understood desperation. The people in the latter part of this multi-theme prophetic tome understood it anyway. There are at least two moods in Isaiah. The first half, when things were going well for the people as a nation, was a mode of warning and judgment. Pay attention, the prophet said over and over again. Look at what you're doing to one another. Look at how you're living. Look at the source of your wealth. Look at the foundations of your society. Does your socioeconomic system reflect your status as a people of God? And then the second half of the book speaks to a desperate people who have lost everything. 
who are hungry and afraid and homeless. They are refugees without status or rights. And now the mood shifts. The tone of the book is starkly different. Now it is a word of hope. It's a promise. It's a call to live even in desperate times by a different standard. Our scripture from Isaiah again says this morning in verses 1 through 4, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me, He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks, oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display His glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Things were bad. Listen to what he said. Take his word for it. The prophet comes to these people and says, What? Good news. There is good news in all of this. Good news for the oppressed. Good news for the brokenhearted. Good news to captives and prisoners. Good news to those who mourn. Great. But what is the good news? What do they get? Garlands? Oil, a mountain, a mantle? Where is the promise of wealth and goods? Where is the you-may-have-won email that tells us we could be set for life with no more effort than hitting reply? Where are the goods? God comes to people who are desperate and tells them to decorate. It doesn't seem right, it doesn't seem enough, but decorations are nice and all, but they hardly serve to make things better. They hardly can be counted on to change the world, can they? Why do we bother in the end? Are we just shouting in the darkness? Well, yes, in a way. By shouting in the darkness, but shouting in the darkness is a noble profession it's a calling when we shout when we decorate our homes and our churches we are not saying that we are unaware of the difficulties we are not saying that we are oblivious to bad news what we are saying is that we choose to live by good news we are saying that we choose to live by hope and not despair but what keeps this from becoming a rose-colored glasses scenario is the prophetic call to act in hope. If you recall in Isaiah's word, the Lord brings the good news. The Lord, through the prophet, proclaims the year of the Lord's favor. 
but we are the ones who bind our hearts. We are the ones who set people free. We are the ones who rebuild. We work because we believe. We build because we hope, and because we hope, we are blessed. John wants us to hope. Both Johns do, actually. John the Gospel writer and John the Baptist. But John knows that the only way to do that is to look beyond. John the Baptist is introduced in the Gospel as seemingly the first human being in the story. But he is presented in a way as to point beyond himself to the one who comes. The first two, ver first two verses we heard this morning in John 6-8 through 8 was, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. Now these verses seem so out of character from the ones that surround them that some scholars have assumed they are misplaced or a later addition, which we don't know for sure. But on the other hand, they might be where they are for precisely the reason that they serve to point beyond the named person to something greater, something brighter. John was not the light, just like you and I are not the light. But we light the lights so that the true light can be seen. We light the lights so that the true light can be seen. In the second part of the gospel text, John continues to point beyond himself. I am not the Messiah, John states. This seems a simple and obvious statement. Yet how often do we need to repeat this phrase for ourselves? I'm not the Messiah. It's a good phrase to remember, especially when we add it to the other task that John reveals. John is the one preparing the way. He's the one who can recognize the Messiah when he sees him. He's the one getting people ready. John is decking their halls. Isaiah does it with garland and oil. John does it with water. But it is part of the preparation, part of the decoration, waiting for the one who comes. We are preparing our space, preparing our hearts, preparing the world for the one who comes. With decorations, yes, but mostly with acts of love and service. Our preparation for the company that is coming is a proclamation and invitation. We practice for receiving the Savior by receiving the ones the Savior saved. Our company is always both and, not either or. We don't wait for the return of the Christ by excluding others. 
We acknowledge them as a part of the company for whom we wait. We reflect on our inner experience with our outward appeal. When we are a place of joy and invitation and inclusion, our environment reflects that. When we are a place that understands the depth of pain and suffering, of the ugliness in our world, then our doorways open to a place of comfort and beauty and welcome. And having reflected on our need to address the mess, we now set about bringing beauty and light into our world, the world that we live in. We prepare for company coming. We clean up the mess, we find the mess, and then we decorate and invite people to come. Company's coming. Are we ready to receive? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning is again, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And this week, we're, uh, the group that is bringing it to us is called the Civil Wars. It's a little different. Words are the same. But the music is a little different. So listen to the words and listen to the tune that's behind it as we listen this morning to O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Company's coming. Whether we want it to come or not, company is coming. After the benediction, we will again hear the song of hope by the Robbie Say Band. So now receive this benediction. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us, anointing us to bring hope to all people. Go and prepare the way for the Lord of love. And may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. Amen.